You'll have to excuse me this morning. I am a little under the weather, so I might need some coughing breaks, some drinking breaks. I got two waters up here that are both halfway empty. <laughs> so we will just let the Lord do what he wants to do in this place. Amen. So if you'll preach along with me, God's going to do something great. So I do want to start by giving honor where honor is due. Thank you to our, our wonderful pastor. I do believe we have the best pastor around. Amen. We are blessed with the best. So I want to give honor to him for allowing me to, for him putting his trust in me, allowing me to be up here to speak to you today. I say it every time, but I mean it every time. I don't take it lightly. Um, every time I get up here, I, I, I do come with prayer. And it always is something that I feel like the Lord wants to say. I don't just get up here and like on a whim and just start talking to y'all. <laughs> Um, so I do want to give honor to our pastor and our pastor's wife. They're both such a blessing in my life. <laughs> always supporting me, always giving me that, you know, support and encouragement that I need. I do want to give honor to my mother who has passed. Um, she was in my mind a lot writing this message. So I want to give honor to her because I wouldn't be the woman I am today without her leadership and her guidance in my life. And I do want to give honor to my husband. Yeah, for always supporting me and dealing with my craziness and my, just me. <laughs> I'm a lot to handle sometimes, so I give him honor for having to deal with that. <laughs> so if you, if you could stand for the reading of the word, we're going to go to Romans 5, 18 and 21. I am reading from the New King James Version, so... It's starting in chapter or chapter 5, verse 18. It says, Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men. This is talking in regards to Adam. Resulting in condemnation, even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. So that's talking about the fall of man through Adam and the justification of man through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. On to verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience, many were sinner, made sinners. Also by one man's obedience, many were made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abound, grace abound much more. So that as sin resigned in death, so the grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Today I'm going to talk about a simple fact about finding beauty in our brokenness. So if we could all pray together, Lord, I pray you have your will over this service right now, God. I pray that you would touch every heart, every mind that is in this place today. Lord, Lord, you allow us to receive this word today and apply it into our lives. I pray that you touch me, allow me to be a vessel for you to pour into God, to speak the words that you need us to hear today. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all say, Thank you. you may be seated. You're just going to have to bear with me through awkward silences of coughing, okay? <laughs> so this thought came to me a while ago during our prayer connection, actually. It was, it was like either our first or second prayer connection. Um, and I was just sitting there, and I kind of had said all of my prayers. I prayed for all the needs, and I, I was just kind of sitting there, and this thought just kind of came to mind. And I started thinking about our world and how our world just seems to be desperately searching, searching for satisfaction for gratification, for validation. And I started to think about how if they would just only turn to God. You know, you don't know love until you know God. 
and his love is what true love is. It's sacrifice. The Bible says that God is love. And I was just thinking about how great his love is. And we, we actually just talked about this in Sunday school today. We watched a VeggieTales movie about love. And a lot of times the world will try to tell us that love is the butterflies in our belly. And it's the, will he text me? Will he not? The waiting up at night and, oh, love, you know, and that's not, I mean, that is kind of love. You know, we have love. It's, it is a feeling, but love is more than a feeling. It is doing. True love comes through sacrifice. True love comes through serving and honoring. And God is that true sacrifice. He sent his son to this earth to die for our sins. So true love is God. First John 4, 10 through 11 says, In this love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us, and he sent his son to be the proposition for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. We are called to love this world. This world is so broken. This world is so hurt. And our main goal, our main calling in this world is to just share his love. First John 4 continuing on chapter or in verse 18 and 19 it says there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment but he who fears has not been made perfect in love we love him because he first loved us the only reason we know how to love is because God chose to love us and he created us and he designed us there is no fear in his love continuing on down in verse 20 and 21 it says if someone says i love god and he hates his brother then he is a liar for he does not who does not love his brother whom he has seen how can he love god whom he has not seen so it's saying if we if we don't love our brother who we can see if we can see each other we can see our flesh if you don't love them how can you love god who we do not see and this is the commandment we have from him that he who loves god must love his brother also I can keep going on. There's tons of scriptures in the Bible about love. I think in the King James Version, it mentions it like over 300 times. So it's pretty prevalent. God calls us to love. (laughs) And people in this world are searching for something to fill that emptiness in their life. And I was just sitting there thinking about it. It, they, you know, they turn to social media and people try to find validation in getting so many likes and getting so many shares and becoming verified and all that stuff. They look for that in, in, in our internet and in our social media to try and figure out who they're supposed to be. But our world has corrupted our internet. They've corrupted social media where you look at something and you don't even know if it's real or not at this point. Between filters, between you know, changing and editing photos and AI at this point, you can upload a photo and AI, a whole new dress wardrobe onto your body. And it, it does it perfectly. It's crazy. It's insane. If you haven't ever seen it, it's really, it's miraculous. It really is. It's super cool, but it's also kind of terrifying because, well, you, you kind of hard, it's kind of hard to see it, but this background is made (laughs) apparently with AI, I guess. Um, But I, I can barely even stand being on Facebook for more than two minutes. Between all of the confusion and corruptness that's trying to be told in one video, and then the next video could be really positive and uplifting, and then the comments are just full of hate and anger. And it's like, there are just people trying to be a light in this world, and then there's the enemy that's trying to tear that down and say, nope, that's wrong. 
and it it just it hurts me i i can't even stand to be on it it affects me so much that i i can't even stand to look at that kind of stuff anymore we live in a world where people cry for love and acceptance oh we need to love everybody we need to accept everybody but as soon as you try to voice your own opinion you're the enemy because we don't we're not viewing the same thing so all of a sudden you're the bad person because you don't believe exactly the same way everybody else does this world is crying for something people are looking for something and then they don't choose god because they blame him for everything wrong in their life i've had people ask me you know if god loves me so much why did i have to go through that if god loves me so much why did he let my dad hurt me when i was a kid if he loves me so much why did i have to go through this traumatic experience I've had people ask me, if God is real, why did he let your mom die? When in reality, that's just life. And it happens to us all. And it's due to the fall of man because God gave man free will. And with that, Adam and Eve ate from that, that sin, that fruit, bringing sin into this world. And while it is true, nothing happens outside of the will of God. He is not at all surprised by anything that happens but he's not necessarily the cause of what happens. This is because of the free will that we have. Free will is what makes life, life. And it never makes sense. And it never will make sense. But loving God is what helps you get through it. It won't prevent you from experiencing it, from experiencing any hurt, any brokenness because we live in a broken world we are going to experience hurt we are going to experience brokenness but it's god's love that keeps me going it's that end goal of knowing that one day we won't have to feel this pain anymore that one day we won't even know the idea of brokenness and we will just be filled with love and rejoicing and giving god the praise i can't wait for that day when we no longer have to feel the pain of this world. This world needs God. It needs his love. And we need to show his love to the world. Because church, you might not realize it, but we, are, we are all called. We all have a purpose in this world. First Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous, marvelous light. We are called church. You have a purpose and you have a plan in God's will. Whether you think you are worthy of it or not, you are called to spread his love to this world. Going back to my opening scripture, Romans 5, 18 and 19, I'm gonna read it again. It says, therefore, as through one's man offense, one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteousness, even through one man's righteousness, act the free gift came to all men, resulting in the justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. So through Adam, our world became broken. But through Christ's sacrifice, we can be made whole. His brokenness made a way for us, and our brokenness can make a way for someone else. If you wait until you're perfect, until you feel like you've got it all together before you think God can use you, you're never gonna be used. You will never come to God. You will never be 
given a purpose because we'll never be perfect. The Bible says all have fallen short of the glory of God. We all are born into sin and we're all born into imperfections and we will always be imperfect. But he uses the bad things that happen to us in our life to grow us as a life lesson. He teaches us through our experiences how to depend on him. So we do go through bad things. We do go through trials. We do go through tribulations, but they're not always for bad. Sometimes we go through them for a purpose, to grow and to learn how to rely on God, how to put our trust in him, to depend on him. And then he uses those bad things that we go through to make us stronger. He uses them for his glory to teach others about how much better life is when we depend on him. Yeah, I went through this troubling time, but if I hadn't had the love of God, I might not be where I am today. It's because of God's love and God's faithfulness that I'm able to go through the bad times. I'm able to get through the brokenness. I've said this many times before, and I will never, ever, ever stop saying this, but your testimony matters. Never stop sharing your testimony. Everything you have gone through in your life is a part of your story. It's a part of your testimony, and it's a part of God's work in your life, and you can have an impact on somebody else's life because your testimony matters, and it will matter to someone else. You never know what your story or your testimony, who it's going to uplift and who it's going to encourage. So don't ever stop sharing what God has done in your life. I've mentioned before how growing up, I used to think I didn't have a testimony. Um, I never really experienced anything super traumatic in my life growing up. I had a really great life. I had a wonderful family, a loving family. I had parents who you know, loved each other and they loved me. They supported me. You know, we didn't have the most lavish life, but it was a blessed life. I had food on my plate every day. I had friends at school. I never felt unaccepted or unloved. I never had the, oh, I'm coming to church, but I'm not really in church moment that I know a lot of people experience where, you know, they come to church because it's what's expected, but they're just putting on a show. I never had that growing up. I always loved coming to church. I always loved God, and I loved living for him. You know, I had some instances where I went through difficult times. I moved to a new school where, you know, I had trouble fitting in, and it was tough for me, but that only lasted a few years, and then I moved up to Pontiac, where school was great again, and I made lots of great friends, and my life was all of a sudden just feeling so blessed again. And it wasn't until I went to Urshan College where I started to feel like I didn't have a testimony because you know, those first beginning weeks of school, everyone's like, oh, tell us about yourself. Where have you come from? Tell us your story. And everyone was like, oh yeah, you know, I, you know, I had peers that talked about, oh, I came from a broken home. My mom and dad divorced when I was really young, so it was really hard. I was going from one place to the other, but I, you know, through it all, I'm still here because of God. And then I'd have another friend who said, I went through this really traumatic car accident where I almost died and they didn't expect me to live, but I'm here because of God. And I'm like, wow, that's awesome, that's great. And then they'd get to me and I'm like, well, I'm here. <laughs> I've been in church my whole life, amen. <laughs> and I genuinely felt like I, I didn't have a story. I didn't have a testimony. I'm like, I don't have anything to share to encourage other people. You know, I've, I've been in church my whole life. I have parents that love each other. I've never wondered if I would have food the next day. You know, I never went through any of that. And so I started to question if I had a testimony or if I've even mattered I felt like I had nothing to show, nothing to prove. And it took me years to realize that 
that was my testimony, that God did keep me from all of that, that it is possible to live in this life and live in this world a blessed and, and faithful life with God. And so God allowed me to be protected from that. That is my testimony, that I had a strong walk in relationship through God. That was my testimony. And I know that somewhere in this world, there's going to be someone who is dealing with the same feelings that I had, who's going to be dealing with, am I even important? Do I even matter? And I can be a light to them to say, hey, I felt like that. You are important. You are loved. That is my testimony. And I know somebody's going to take that and they can use that in their lives. And the thing about your testimony is that it's never done being written. God never stops writing your story. You know, it says he's the author of our story. And him writing our story is continuously writing your testimony. Your life is a testimony. Everything that happens in your life is a testimony to God and his power. So your testimony is never done being written. And now that I'm older, my testimony has expanded. I did go through a wonderful, blessed life. But I have gone through life-changing circumstances now that I can write on my testimony. I have gone through loneliness, and I have overcome depression. I lost a mom. I lost my best friend. And I have stayed strong through it, and God has remained faithful through it all. I have been able to relate to people who have gone through similar experiences. I've been through an abusive relationship that I can now be a light to other girls and say, you don't deserve that. You deserve better than that. You don't need to go through that. It stinks, and I don't like the bad experiences I've gone through, and they hurt me, and they have broken me. But I'm able to stand here and say, I don't let that brokenness define me. You are not defined by your brokenness. You are not defined by your hurt and by your past experiences. I have grown, and I can relate to people that go through those same experiences. Our brokenness is not a bad thing. There is beauty in your brokenness. Psalms 34, 17 through 19 says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. No matter what you are going through, God will deliver you out of it. No matter what it is, it may feel like you have been facing this battle for years at this point, but I promise you, church, God is faithful and he will deliver you out of all afflictions in your life. He is near to those who have a broken heart. You do not need to be perfect or try to become whole by yourself because God wants you as you are. He wants you in your brokenness, with all of your hurt, with all of your baggage, with all of your trauma. He wants to take that from you and he wants to help you and he wants to use you through your brokenness. He wants you as you are. In the Bible, Jesus went to the sinners, not the saints. He went to the broken and the hurting, not the people who had it all together. Your brokenness does not define you, but it can shape you. I want to tell you a quick little story. And some of you might have heard this story before um, or a similar rendition. I have no idea who initially wrote the story, who originally came up with this concept, but I'm going to tell it to you. So this is a story about an older woman who lived by herself. To get fresh water, she had to go to a local river, um, which is a trip she made every day. Each morning, she went to get water, 
and she took a long pole and she put an old bucket and hung it on the left side of the pole and then she took another bucket and hung it on the right side always the same buckets on every side of the pole so she would put it over her shoulder one bucket here one bucket here and so the walk down the dirt path to her house from her house wasn't terribly long and it was much easier heading to the river when the buckets were empty would make sense they're not heavy there's no water in them so at the river she would take the pole off her shoulders and gently and carefully take each bucket off of the pole one at a time she would dip each bucket in the river filling it with cold fresh water and then just as carefully as she put them off take them off she would place each bucket back on the pole and she would carefully lift up the pole and back onto her shoulders and she would turn to make her walk up the path a bit more slowly to her little house at the end of the dirt path and as she walked home the left-handed bucket held the water as you expected would but in the right-handed bucket it had a small crack at the bottom and as soon as the woman started walking down the path the bucket would start leaking a steady persistent drip and by the time the woman reached home the bucket would be halfway empty nothing changed the next day the pole the buckets on their usual side the right hand bucket dripping out the water and the days passed the months passed the years passed and nothing changed until one day just as they arrived at the river the right hand bucket sighed and this surprised the woman she had never heard a bucket sigh before then the bucket spoke and said i am so sorry i am so sorry and the woman says you know what are you sorry about and the bucket says that i keep leaking you work so hard to bring water to the house and i'm half empty by the time you get home a bucket has one job and i can't even do that correctly and the woman says well you do bring home you know half of a full bucket of water and the bucket says don't mock me i know what i am i'm a failure i was meant to carry water and i can't do it i have this crack this defect i'm a failure and the one I'm a failure at the one thing that I'm, I'm meant to do, that I was created to do. And the old woman looked down at the bucket, this bucket which had been on her right side for all of these years, with a look on her face which was a mix of sadness and caring. And after a long moment, she began to speak. She said, my good friend, I am so, so sorry. I had no idea you felt this way. You've been suffering all this time. You have no idea at all, do you? And the bucket says, what do you mean? No idea about what? And the old woman says, here, let me show you. And she gently picked up the bucket and filled it with water. She put them both on the pole as usual. She added the left-hand bucket, filled it up on its typical side. And as they walked home on the dirt path, she asked the left-hand bucket, which is the, the full bucket, the, the not broken one, says, what, what do you see? And the left-hand bucket says, what do I see? who, again, he has never spoken before. He says, I see dirt. I see the path. I see the same thing that I see every day. And the woman says, that's right. Now, what do you see? She said to the right-handed bucket. And the bucket looked down for the first time and was amazed. All along the edge of the dirt path were flowers, beautiful colored flowers showing every hue imaginable. While the left side was bare, the right side that bucket side was lush and picturesque and her crack that dripped out the water the drops fell right onto the flowers given moisture to each plant 
The old woman said, I have planted those flowers. They're lovely, but they need a lot of care. And especially they need daily watering. So when I found you, I knew exactly what I needed. I had found exactly what I needed through you. Every morning I filled you up with water. And every morning as I walked back up this hill, you sprinkled out so carefully, so precisely, drop by drop, exactly the right amount of water to keep these flowers alive, to keep them flourishing, to keep them beautiful. This path is the most wonderful place in my entire world. And it's all because of you. The woman consoled the bucket. I am so sorry that you never knew this. I'm so, so sorry that you thought you were broken, that you thought you were a failure, but you are not a failure. You are not broken. You are perfect. And the bucket was stunned into silence and the woman looked at it with wise eyes and said, what's amazing is that precisely the thing that you thought made you broken was the exact same thing which made you so powerful. What you thought was your greatest flaw was exactly what I needed to make our world a more beautiful place. The crack which you thought made you nothing was exactly what was needed to make our world holy. What you think of as your weakness can sometimes be your strength. You see yourself as half empty, but I see you as half full. You turn those flaws into blessings, and this year you changed our world. If we could all stand until you may come. I remember the first time I heard this story and it touched me so, so much because I have been there. I have felt broken. I have felt like a failure. I have felt like I had nothing more to offer God. What could he use me for? There are so much more worthy people out there that are more talented than I am, that are smarter than I am, that are better than me. What do I have to offer God? And then I heard this story. I didn't feel worthy of God's grace or forgiveness, but I'm here today to remind you that it is through your brokenness that God makes you whole. It's in our weaknesses that his strength is made perfect. If you are feeling broken today, if you are going through a dark time and you aren't sure how you will make it through, if you feel like God can't use you because you're flawed, because you're broken, God is here. He is here to heal you and to deliver you and to comfort you. I ask that if there's anybody here today, if you are in need of anything, anything, there is no need that is too great for God. And just as there is a need no too big for God, there is also no need too little for God. You can never inconvenience God because you feel like your need is too small and inconvenient to ask him for help. Our God can work in the small things just as he can in the big things. So if you are in need of anything today, I ask that you come to this altar and find a place to pray and find a place to pour it all out to God because you are perfect in God's eyes. Because God does not make mistakes just because you make a mistake doesn't mean that you are one our world is so dark and it is so broken and we need to share his love if you need something from God or you want something from God right now I ask you don't hold anything back from him today he wants all of your hurt he wants all of your brokenness all of your flaws all of your scars 
He wants it all because he will use that for his story. He will use you as a testimony to others in this world. He wants us to share our brokenness with others. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't be afraid of it. Because it's in our brokenness that he can make us whole. It's in our brokenness that he will use that for his world to share this in this dark world. And he will use you and he wants to make you whole and use your life as a testimony for him.